I've been running after one thing To find that part within that I'll measure up to something I've got a lot of dreams, but I was told I wasn't practical I couldn't measure up because of all my flaws But I know the wrong, those are only stepping stones Life's the art of embracing these things Scott Stratton, welcome to the Art of Podcasts. Man, this is the second time that you've been on the podcast since then. We've rebranded it, flipping it around a little bit. And, you know, it's just it's awesome to have you on here. Wish you were out here in L.A. in person. We're going to make this happen at some time. And the beard is still looking as great as ever. So good job. Congrats. Keeping that I've added open. length to it. It's been added length say, to it. Yeah. It's, it's almost double in size, I think, from when I was on last. It's, I'm almost wow. completely Gandalf at this point. So. See, I feel like you're, you're double in length and you're double as wise as I see you stroking <laughs> through your beard. Like, that's probably how you get your great deep thoughts and your wisdom stroking the beard. I'm telling you, as, as, a, as a male, you know, I don't I didn't have much to to play around with when it came to when I had short hair. No, and now mm-hmm. it is an endless fun of just pondering yeah. And really, it's just me finding the different spots in my beard underneath it. But it's just, <laughs> it's so when you be, turn gray, because you still have great color to your hair, like, are you looking yeah. forward to gray? Are you looking forward to like this? Like, I, it, people will really think I'm funny. Wise? The longer it gets, the gray comes. I am. Here's the thing. I don't. I am so looking forward to pure gray of everything. Wow. I, I celebrate. I've always had this rule in my brain, which is whatever age I am, that's the best age. And, and, and both in joking and in, 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 in truth. Like I, I really, you notice that people spend, you know, the first 21 years of their lives trying to look older and the last 60 or so trying to look younger. And it's, I have the same rule as parenting, you know, what's the, when people have children, all of our children are almost all adults now. They're like, what's the best age? I'm like, they're all the best and the worst. Right? They're all like, because, because they have different features to them. And I'm telling you now though, anybody listening right now who have like adult age kids now, it's a trip. It's like, it messes with your head because like, you know, because you know my love of, of, of sports and specifically basketball with the kids and how it's a huge bonding. Music and sports is, yeah. a, I think, a great bonder for anybody, for anything, but especially with your kids. And now they have different opinions than I have. But here's the, here's the trip. They know more about these sports than I do. And I'm like, did you take a course? Like, how are you knowing these things? And then, and then and I, get, I get schooled. Like, here's an example. I got schooled last week. So our two oldest. So Aiden, who's now, as you, you know, Aiden, yep. and he's yep. now working at Dynalone Records in Toronto. He's a huge yeah. music guy. Awesome. And he was, he was born 45 years old. Like he's always right. had this old right. soul and a, a song came on and I can't remember. It, oh, it was no diggity. Okay. So it was, it was, it was black street featuring Dre and it comes on and, and it's like, mm-hmm. and I look at Aiden and I said, there's no better real beat drop than the start of it. And then he go, and he's like, you are completely and absurdly wrong. And of course, and I'm like, what are you t- talking about? And he fires up five songs in eight seconds that have a better beat drop at the start, specifically the type of thing I was talking about. No way. I got schooled wow. by my son on my own TV and my own YouTube account. We were watching it and I'm just like, you're right. But he's, he's, he's dropping, you know what he's dropping. He's dropping all any, he, he's dropping five different Biggie songs, hmm. six different Tupac songs I could have chosen with. Even Mary J. Blige, for crying out loud, probably had a... A, a solid beat drop at the start. I'm like, I'm just going to learn from you all now. It's like, it's like totally shifted. I'm learning. Like I have to ask them about players in the NBA. They're like, the Raptors are looking to pick up this player. I'm like, who is that? Like, oh, well he was at this college. And I'm like, this is weird, cool and scary all at the same time. That's great. Is, is that hard to accept? Or is it more of like the appreciation? No. Like, wow, I've raised great kids who are really smart, who can teach me. Part of it is, 
you know, that pride part that it's just like you like hanging out with them and they, they at least seem like they like to hang out with you. But I think the other part is like, I'm kind of done either screwing them up or making them great. Like the raising part of it, like they're, they're not kids. So it's like we've implanted and done as much as we can to a certain point. And now like Aiden's 25, but Owen's going to be 21 in August. And it's like, I'm not sure how much I can change things now. So it's like, we're just, <laughs> yeah. just kind of, you just kind of foof and send them off to the universe and say, I think I know what I was doing because here's the secret to everybody, you know, uh, you know, between you and I and anybody and everybody listening is none of us know what we're doing. Very none true. of us know what we're doing in parenting. Nothing knows what we're doing in leadership. We're just trying to figure out the best way to do it in our own minds. And and that's like people talk about in corporate that there's the Peter principle. You get promoted to your highest level of incompetence. That's an age old thing in business, yep. right? You get promoted until you're just, you're dumb. And in parenting, that's just all at once. You're literally the Peter principle. And it's like, here's a, here's a human life form and <laughs> um, don't mess it up too badly. And you're just like, cool. And you're reading books and the, the baby hasn't read the books, right? You know, <laughs> Google hasn't read the books. You're just like, this is happening right now. Somebody somewhere, tell me what to do. Uh, that never that never ends for me it's like okay (laughs) man i think it's the greatest compliment though like your kids want to be around you like Uh, it is yeah you put in all this work and then they just they want to be around you they enjoy being around they'll come back to you like it's almost now you turned into the consultant role for your kids that's like this you get paid better right your your opinions better once (laughs) it's like the old consultant thing and it's it i i always would say especially when they were kids was the best indication of how you've done as a how they've done as a parent is how they act when you're not around. Mm, good point. And I think as when they become adults, my whole thing is 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 how good a parent you were is how much they come around, right? Yeah, you know, and and and, and and I I know it's not true because also you just become you, once you become an adult you're just like oh there's a lot of stuff to do, and so you get real busy and everybody gets busy and as you get older like myself and you come into the next phase of your life and hopefully you're trying to do less things potentially you have more time. So like there's that shift there. As long as we're just not singing cats in the cradle every night and, you know, and, and, and dad, I'm going to be home soon. And hopefully the ugly kid, ugly kid Joe version, cause that's a banger that it's like, I just want enough that they know. So my job is what do I do every day as a parent? Um, that is consistent. And that is, I tell them I love them every mm, single day so as good. much as possible. Dude. And they tell me, and it's just, it is part of our daily language. And I, I, I always felt that again, in leadership or in parenting, you're making the choice. You don't have to pass down the things you didn't like, but you also have to appreciate maybe some things you didn't like that made you to who you are. And it's the yeah. same thing as leadership. You don't have to be a bad boss because you had a bad boss, but was there certain things there that really helped you on your journey? Same thing with parenting. And um, except we don't have performance reviews as parents, you know, <laughs> daily yeah, feedback. Yeah. <laughs> you get daily feedback as parents exactly. on, on what they think of you and what you do. Oh, man. See, I, I, that's the bang to start us off with. I didn't know we would go into parenting lessons 101, right. but this is super, super <laughs> valuable. And like, and parenting is leadership, which I want to talk to you about. Now, as people yeah. know you, Scott, as one of the best speakers literally in the world, a Hall of Famer speaker, a best-selling author, like it's, you. you can see why you're so talented. You can take stories of just raising kids and like make everybody super intrigued. And I would listen, like I would listen to you tell a story about anything. So if you want to, like you could just, you know, tell it about this microphone that we're talking into. No, but <laughs> let's hop into leadership because I know that's a big topic yeah. that you're going into and you speak to all yeah. these companies about leadership and the unleadership. So can right. you give a few principles of like 
flipping the script. You do a phenomenal job at the most of the world thinks of it this way, but you're like, nah, no, let's pivot the perspective to yeah. a different way. Hey, so let me ask you this question. Have you ever spent hours and hours searching that perfect gift for a man, for your husband, for your father, Father's Day? Uh, I mean, looking for a gift for me, obviously. Well, hey, look no further. Here it is. Lux. LiveLux.com. Check it out. These boxes are curated, customly curated perfectly for the man in your life. You can choose a plan between quarterly or annual, annually. You're getting this box that you get to pick from these awesome technology, sports brands, nutrition, everything that the guy in your life is interested in. And I could curate my perfect box for you if you want to get me a gift, please do. It's coming to your door and you can change this continuously. This is at livelux.com. That's live, L-I-V-E, lux with two E's, L-U-X-E-E.com. Check it out. The brands they have on there are phenomenal. It's the perfect gift and you can get 25% off with David 25, 25% off a box, the greatest gift. Hey, it's a love language. Gift giving and receiving is a love language. Trust me, I know it's one of my wife's highest love languages, but check it out, the discount code David25 for 25% off and quit giving Starbucks gift cards and step up your gift giving game. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been blessed to be born with a contrarian brain. <laughs> there you go. And, 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 and blessed to, be, to have a, a mother who let me be who I was and, yeah. and let me question things. And, and because that's my life is questioning things. That's, that's the status quo, the, the contrarian brain. And I'll just give you the one line I said on stage uh, last week in Napa. And I was speaking to hundreds of uh, C-suite level people in the senior living uh, industry. Um, great event. Obviously, Napa was beautiful and it was outdoors. And here's the one line about unleadership that I, I that can define everything to, to a leader. You have no idea what it's like to work for you. Wow. Just Good. let it ferment for a second. Nobody has any idea what it's like to work for them or with them. And this is why I think one of the most important characteristics, not just for leadership, but I think for people in general, because I think it'll help out humanity in general, is self-awareness that people think a leader thinks when they step into a room and there's five people in there and they say something or do something, they walk out and they think whatever they felt is what everybody else felt. That's mm. never the case. Mm. The person that understands the, the culture, the least of their company is the, is the CEO. The people who experience the true culture of a company is the people at the bottom of the org chart. So if you run a fast food chain, if you are in and out, cause you know, I love me some in and out. The people that know that know the culture of in and out, cashiers, yeah. line cooks, yeah, and they are happy. You ever notice that? It's kind of it's yeah. also it's kind of weird a bit, you know, just a bit weird. I go in there and they're just all digging their job. I know, and I'm like, there's there's no way. Yeah, you, know, you must have. Did you drink before the, the, right. the shift? Did you like <laughs> what is happening right now? And you realize that well, it's. This, the, the scenarios and everything else now too, and people are talking about, well, it's employment and people don't want to stay job and nobody wants to work. And that's not the answer. Nobody wants to work for you. Yes. Good call. So there's a difference. And the fact is that a job is not some kind of thing I should have fealty for. People, when they get a job, I don't care who you are. I don't care what position. I don't care if it's full-time, part-time, seasonal, or temp. 
you have a you are dealing with grown ass adults and you've made a business agreement. You give me compensation and a compensation package, whether it's just simply an hourly rate or everything above that. And in turn, I give you my skill set. That could be physical, that could be intellectual, or that could be both. We have an adult business agreement. You expect me to honor that as working for you. I expect you to honor that as a, an adult. You don't get to yell at me. You don't get to demean me. You don't get to change my job description because I have a clause in my job description. Now it's clause 14, which says, and other duties as noted. I know that because I used to write them. I used to be in HR. We do things like we have, we, we ask people for three re working references for their current job as they're currently working. You know how hard that is to get that when you don't mm. want people to know you're leaving. And by the way, if we're both adults and this is a business decision and I make the final decision to join your company, then how about you provide me with three working references of people that have worked for you nice. in the past two years, including one who's recently left. I'll wait. Nice. <laughs> this is good. adults dealing with adults and people like, yeah, but I employ, you know, younger people. Oh, then even more so you should be better and kinder to them because you're helping mold them into future professionals, into future citizens of where you live. And, and, and this, this world of, well, I work on, and yes, if you own the joint, do what you want. It's your gig. But if you want to keep people, if you want them to stay, I just got off talking to somebody, a uh, um, um, serious lip balm who's based out of Illinois and in, outside of Springfield. They don't have a, a recruitment issue. They don't have a retention issue because they treat their people well. Well, I mean, pay wise, but also love wise mm. and respect wise. And I just, my problem and why I say the thing of you don't know what it's like to work for you is because you have to realize that you live in partially, partially in a fantasy world constructed in your own brain of who you are and what your company is. But if you truly, if you truly, truly, truly believe in the human resources at your company, the resources, the people that make a company, then you can find out. And I can give you a one one way to do it right now. Yeah, please. And it is it has created incredible, incredible results for people who use it. Stop, start, continue. Ask your team, ask your staff or your customers or whoever you want to find out actually where you stand. What should I stop doing? What should I start doing? And what should I continue doing to ensure that you have what you need to do this job here for as long as humanly possible? Let me ask you, David, have you ever been asked that by anybody? I have never been asked that by anybody. How would that make you feel though? If you, if you, you know, I know you and I don't work for people, you know, we, we, we're, we're entrepreneurs, which is Latin for bad employees. We get that. <laughs> but I mean, like if you work somewhere, right, if you're a sales rep for a company and your sales manager sat down and what, and what that means pretty much is saying, tell us the truth of what we need to get out of the way for you to do your job the best. Exactly. It, it, right. It, a manager's job is to watch their employees. A leader's job is to clear the path. Mm, mm, is to good. clear the path of the company. You have a sales team and you want them, you want to take them up to the next level, find out what's blocking their path. Yep. Because your job is you have more pull. Your job is pushing upstream. So you release pressure downstream and you swim upstream to help that team. Man. But the thing is, it's about a team, which is why a lot of times sales managers, it's a really tough position to both fill and to retain because great salespeople usually, not all the time, but usually do not make great sales managers. Mm-hmm. 
because one is you're swimming on your own. You're finding your own stuff. You're that lone wolf, right? I, you're the one I'm seeing at the Marriott when I'm going to it, and I'm on the flight. And we're 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 doing the um, that George Clooney movie where they're sitting at the bar comparing frequent flyer cards. You know, like we're doing <laughs> we're doing that whole kind of like who's who's more tired on the road type of thing. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. when you're a lone wolf type of thing, that's you you sink or swim on yourself. When you're a manager, hmm. it's totally different. And that's where I think a lot of places fall. I don't think you need to be a 20-year sales vet to be a great sales manager. You have to be one that can clear a path. And I think that's a huge difference in leadership. I, I Leadership is a choice, but not by the leader, but by the follower. Yeah. I really don't think leadership is a title. There's a great a few books. Um, Robin Sharma has one called The Leader with, with, Without a Title. Uh, John Maxwell has a great line, which is uh, leadership is a verb. And both mm. of those are, both of those make me very salty. I didn't come up with them yeah. um, because they're really, they're really good lines. And I refuse to try to steal that line. So that, that that's their credit because we choose what leaders we follow. We might have managers or teams or coaches in sports or whatever that is, but we follow leaders. Like think about, like we can put it right back into our, one of our favorite worlds into sports, right? Think about who you played with on your, on your, on your teams, who were the, who were the captains, but who were the captains? Mm-hmm. You know, like who was the ones you'd follow? Who's the ones that you were down on the fourth? And they said, Hey, you, I know you got this and it puts something in you, right? It's not about, but now usually the, to me, in my experience, right? The captains that were voting on the right team, they're the ones who would lead well, but sometimes you don't listen to the coach. You don't get along, but you listen to the leader in the team and the leader in the locker room. And that's talked about a lot. You know, the, who's the leader in the locker room. It's one of the reasons why I love, you know, listening to like, uh, you know, different sports talk shows and stuff is you can tell leaders in the locker room are, but that's for companies. Who yeah. do you actually listen to? That's the leaders. It's not the title. It's not on the card. It's almost like I want to do the whole story of the leadership. You know, the, the emperor has the, has no clothes or new clothes because that's who are the managers, but the leaders are the ones that are the, the people are coming along with them. And, and that, that's who inspired the leaders are the ones like, think back, think back in your whole life from the, the job you had of, for those of us that worked the, the terrible minimum wage jobs, right? Which ones stood out to you? Like for me, right? If, if I can tell you a, um, a quick story yeah, about, of, course. Uh, of, you know, the person you're looking at right now was not as uh, calm and level headed as, as I am currently right now. And as an 18 year old, let's just say I gave my opinions freely to whoever <laughs> would want to listen or not. It would just do that. So I still, I had the long hair. I just didn't have the beard, but I would work at a place and I worked at famous players, movie theater, you know, movie theater chain. And, and it was to my second favorite job. My first one is what I do now, but my, was my second favorite job of all time was I was an usher at the movie theater. I got to see free movies, but I'll, it was the people. Yeah. It was my coworkers, not the managers because hello, I'm like 18, I'm 17, 18 years old. And look, look at me, I, the world's against me. I must straight white male from a suburb, right? You know, it's really hard to be me. So I'm really, you know, trying to, to climb these ladders. And you bond as a staff. I always found hourly staff at all these type of jobs. We bonded on our hatred of management, right? You bonded on yeah. two things, your hatred of management and your hatred of customers. Yeah. That's how you that's how you bond together, right? And so I had this manager there and I won't name her, but it's Brenda. And Brenda was there and she was the general manager. She didn't like me. I didn't like her. And, and, and in hindsight, um, with wisdom, which is simply time plus mistakes is wisdom. I learned that I was the, I was the real problem <laughs> if we're going to talk <laughs> about these things. You know, I would, I would cut, I would, I wouldn't come in late, but I would come in right at six and punch in and then go get changed and then talk to some people and take my time. My, my 15 minute break would go 20, 25, 30, depending on the night. I would give away my shifts on the weekend and then complain if I wasn't giving them back the following week. I was that guy. 
And then one one night, Forrest Gump was playing. Mm. Oh, it's, it's dating me now. But Forrest Gump was playing in the Majestic <laughs> Theater on my left. I remember it vividly. Majestic Theater on the left. Uh, Forrest Gump's playing. And during the movie, that's when we're cleaning the concession stand, the popcorn. And I'm sweeping up, doing my thing. I was a triple threat of terribleness. Bad candy bar worker. But lazy usher. Poor box office attendant. All of I was great. I was a three-tool guy. So cleaning up. And just then, the doors of the Majestic Theater just fly open. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mom coming furious, coming right for me at the candy bar. Now, I knew why she was coming. Because a few minutes prior, I told her kid off. Because I live in Oakville. I'm not sure if you know Oakville, David, but Oakville mm-hmm. is a suburb of a suburb of Toronto. And it's where we go to look down on others. Yep. You know, it's these fancy suburbs where everybody from the corporate offices in Toronto live. And this is where I grew up. So we're very bubbled and very bougie. So this <laughs> kid came out with all the entitlement you'd expect. And he demanded a cup of ice water. Now, if you were 17 and ever worked one of these jobs, you know, you it, the little power you wielded, you wielded. And we were told the policy, we can't give out these cups because we counted them at the end of the night for inventory but we had water cups which were the size of a mini thimble and so i looked at this kid and i smiled and i knew the trigger if somebody's angry at you and you smile it makes them angrier and i'm all for that so i pulled out this thimble i'm like here's your water cup young man and he kind of almost bashed it in my hand and i told him to go stick it and i knew he was gonna go get his mom she comes bashing out she comes walking out screaming at me like i literally i was going to take notes they were so good insults they were vulgar and angry and entitled and i'm like oh it's go time i start yelling at her she's yelling at me at the candy bar and i'm just waiting for an opportunity to yell like god's let's bring it right yelling 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 just then i feel a hand on my shoulder but very softly like almost like it wasn't even it was like hovering and it almost like a force moved me back and I'm just like, is, like, is that you, Jesus? Like, I have no idea. Like, some, somebody just came down up on high and is moving me out of the way of this harm. And I turn around. It's Brenda. And she puts me behind her. So now she's between the two of us, blocking. And she looks at this lady and she goes, lady, get the hell out of my theater. Who do you think you are? You don't talk to people that way. You don't talk to Scott that way. And I'm in the background like, you didn't have to give her my real name. Like, you could have just said Matt or something like that. And she's like, you don't talk to, who do you think you are? She's like, go to the box office, get your money back, and never come back. Hmm. And I'm behind Brenda like this. Yes, what's up now? <laughs> right. Like, what are you going to, now I'm all tough. You know what I mean? I was like, right, yeah, right. You're, I'm glad she got in the, between us. And then, so she storms off, and Brenda turns around to me, and she's like, you okay? And I'm like, I am now. And I just looked up there and I locked eyes. And I'm just like, a little confused, but I'm just like, thank you. Hmm. And she just looks at me and all she says, Dave, all she says is, hey, I got your back. And walks away. I swear, I'm not making this up. It 180 my entire view of that job, of that movie theater, and of Brenda. I started coming in early. Wow. I started picking up shifts. I didn't take, I, I did take breaks. I'm not a psycho, but I, like, I took the right amount of time. You know what I mean? I took my legit break Yes. and it flipped. And so a year later when I was finally leaving, cause I got fired for theft. I am, um, I'm kidding. I didn't get fired. For theft. Um, <laughs> they never caught me, okay. but, um, but I was leaving cause I was graduating. I was about to go into HR what I went to college for. And I saw her my last day and she's like, Hey, um, you know, I didn't like you when you started. And I'm like, 
is that, is that it? Like, is that your final words to me? <laughs> and she goes, and I, you're just one of my, my favorite people here now. Wow, man. And, and I'm like, that's because of you. And that, that really, for me, defines the fact, because, you know, it happened to me, so I can still feel it, yeah. but I've never forgotten it. And then I realized that's what most people are like. Like, think about it for a second. Like, who changed your brain a bit? Like, as a teacher, as a coach, as a boss. And we always remember them. I remember Mr. Berrigan, my grade 11 math teacher, who's the reason I graduated high school because he believed in me, who I invited to my Hall of Fame thing 15 years later because they believed in you. And the thing is, all these things, my, that math teacher, Mr. Penman, my English teacher, uh, 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 Brenda from the movie, like these people who come across in your life that make you stop and think and shift people don't realize is that you can or are that for somebody right now. Exactly. With and, and I don't, and I'm not trying to get, I know you and I both get hyped up about stuff and we can get real motivational <laughs> on stuff. I'm trying to give this as factually as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm taking away any of the sauce right now because we can both get people really jacked up. I'm, I just want to, it's a statement. Yeah. You literally right now are that for somebody. And you choose which way it goes. You can stay what I thought Brenda was before. And that was, again, on me and perspective, but perspective is reality. Mm-hmm. We have two choices. I honestly think this, honestly, man. And I'm sorry, you just triggered me into a full launch here. So I'm sorry. I I'm in my it. basement. I my treadmill it. doesn't care about all this stuff. So I'm, <laughs> I'm saying this to you. We have two choices, okay? On every interaction, but especially on the people we are, are managing, we are leading, we are even relationships. You have all these little spots during a day where, it can either help make or break their day. And just like if you're in customer service and a customer loses their mind disproportionately at you, which happens a lot nowadays, they're not freaking out at the issue, usually. It's just the final issue that day that made them break. Yeah, It's the final thing. So it might be 98% broken and that 2% is, is over the edge. And that's why empathy was the other skill set we talked about with leadership, with self-awareness mm. and empathy because the ability to, to just understand that we have the effect. So now that's how my brain works. Honestly, this is like in a relationship sense that when I walk by something and I have like my coffee mug here, okay, my brain is scattered, right? Like I'm, I'm all over the, my brain, I have a thousand things going on. I also have nothing going on. Like it's either just a dial tone or 29 ideas for something. And I walk by a cup. Okay. And before I walk by a cup and like, well, you know, I'm one of the owners of this home along with my incredible business partner and wife, Allison. If I want to leave a cup there, I'm just going to leave a cup up there because it's my turn, damn it, to leave a cup there because, you know, we're, we're, we own the house. But then, you know, what I do in my head, I walk by and I'm just like, I'll get it later. And then I think to myself, if Allison walks by that cup too, could that be something that will either make or break the final part wow. of her day? So I say, and then he questions himself, do I want to be the person that makes it or breaks it? I'm like, make it. So I grab the cup. Does it matter to me at the moment? No, because I'm lazy as everything and lots of stuff. But now it changes it. I look at it, I'm like, make, make. When I was at a rental counter three weeks ago for uh, in Chicago, and the, this wasn't, it was one of those days. It just ain't working. There wasn't a car ready. And I'm literally, I'm getting angry. I can feel it. It's there. And I'm getting a little bit aggressive in my tone. In my head, I just went, make a break. And I looked at the, at the woman behind the counter and I said, you know what? I'm sorry. I was going down a path here that it was just going to be, I was going to get up more upset and more upset. And I realized none of this was your decision. And I'm sorry I was going that way. She didn't know what to say back because nobody says that. And look, I'm not the savior, by the way. I've contributed to many day breaks of people. 
because I'm I'm bougie, and I'm you know I'm I'm entitled. I'm super elite on Air Canada. I want to be able to. I'm, and I'm trying to be less of that guy. Yeah. I'm literally, dude. I'm literally. I could we call our next book the recovering narcissist. Like I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Like I would like to. Call, I would like to form Narcissist Anonymous, but well, you know, that ain't gonna work. So it's 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 this whole thing of saying, how do I affect everybody's day? And can I do the little things that help make or break it? And it's just day maker, day breaker, day maker, day breaker in my head now because I work off patterns. And that really is, that helped me with, with laundry in the house. That helped me with dishes. That helped yeah. me with doing stuff. Am I perfect at it? Not even close, but I'm started. And it's, it's and you know how long things take to become a habit. It doesn't take long if you keep it up. That feeling when you are just recharged, you don't have any sickness, no ailments, you have full optimal energy you are functioning at your highest level you want to recreate that yeah sure you do i do we all do and then you can times it by 10 what i'm about to tell you is going to blow your mind so hold on here this this is real hyperbaric chamber if you don't know what it is look it up right now look up elevate health e-l-e-v-e health.com it's an oxygen miracle what it is hbot the hyperbaric chamber it's a simple and non-invasive therapy where you go into this it places a body in a pressurized environment that allows extra oxygen to dissolve in the blood plasma and travel freely throughout your circulatory system getting more red blood cells flowing naturally to the body's function it's going to help you kill off any harmful bacteria it's going to help you detox increase your oxygen concentration resist and fight infection heal wounds faster improve oxygen supply reduce swelling stop infection lower inflammation all while you're relaxing in the chamber i i I kid you not this is what the pros the top olympic athletes what everybody uses for the highest optimization recovery this is called Hyperbaric Chamber, HBOT, from Elevate Health, E-L-E-V-E, health.com. Message me separately, too, if you want to get a specific deal on this. Check it out as you're a sports team, if you're an individual, if you're just somebody who loves optimization, it will be an absolute life changer for you. Oh, my gosh. So everybody can know that you are the best speaker there is. You just went on incredible stories with points and passion you changed the game for me there with the cup like that like i leave coffee stains in the cup i leave cups around and i don't think twice about it but i know it it matters to taylor so she is going to thank you so much for this podcast but but there's a but and there but there's so there's even let's even get deeper in that let's even go deeper in that for a second i'm sorry and i don't if you whenever we have time to sound the horn no 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 no, no. i can stop ranting about this but even about relationships so think about this so so and i've had the wonderful honor and pleasure of 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 meeting taylor who's who's the wind beneath my wings who's awesome who's awesome way cool you two as a couple you two as a couple is sickening and wonderful (laughs) because you're so wonderful you're so wonderful and you're so in love and i adore it because i love love and as well i'm wearing a shirt right there it is i love love and if somebody is your significant other prove it by treating them significantly better than just a random person and the problem is a lot of times in relationships, we get comfortable. And that's one of the joys of relationships is being comfortable with each other. Yep. It's one of the most sacred things is you get to be yourself and be whole 
and feel safe. But how do we treat? Do we take that for granted? Do we? And significantly better means that all my communication with Allison isn't sarcasm. Like sarcasm is my like English is my second language. Sarcasm is my first. Right. Like I, like literally I made a, I make a living being sarcastic. Right. It's literally, I get paid to be a prick about stuff a lot of the times and to be sarcastic. That's not in my brand. That's just me. And the problem is that keeps going. And then you, they're like, well, that's just the guy who tells it like it is. It's like, no, you're actually just a prick. Right. You know, and, and then if your only communication with that person is, is, is put downs, but they're funny or they're supposed to be funny. And we yeah. discern that early on with Allison when she's like, it's not going to happen not going to work. She's not the butt of my jokes. She's not the, because I don't think relationships are funny. I think relationships are whole and I think they're incredible. And I am so freaking fortunate that I came across this woman that I'm just, I just want to keep it uh, you know, under wraps because she might figure it out one of these days that yeah. I am way, <laughs> way below her level. And, and it's talking about out kicking our coverage. Now. I'm just like, oof, oof. Scott, that's, that's we've talked about in the past, you know, it's just like, we've, we've done pretty well. <laughs> yeah. We've done pretty well. Man, that is powerful. Significant other treat them significantly better than others. Just having that mindset, dude, I, I would love to talk to you about every single topic in life <laughs> so you can flip the script for me and help me in those areas. This is leadership at its finest, redefining what it means. The, the connection, the people feeling the appreciation, like you're talking yeah. about, your, your first boss that you didn't like, she just literally had your back. And if leaders can do that, the great coaches, we know that like, that's what they do. They, they care for their players and just showing it's not about, it's care. not about how loud you are because yeah. we, we've seen in any sport, but even like NBA, right. You have different way. Lenny Wilkins, hall of fame coach, real quiet. Yep. Right. You know, flip it around and you got some of those famous coaches are out on the floor screaming. Right. You know, and that, that's like, it. it, it when you look, the problem is when we look at somebody successful in, in isolation, in a vacuum, we're like, well, that's what it is. And that's what it takes. And two things wrong with that. No. And secondly, you don't know anything about the background of that. You don't have yeah. any idea. Like if I'm a manager and I'm aggressive, so let's say I'm a salesperson. Let's go back to the sales team thing mm -hmm. for a second. So you bring in a, and you want a sales manager to help take them to the next level of it. If somebody comes at me and is really forceful, you've got to do it this way. You've got to do it this way. You've got to do it this way. And I find out you've never done sales yourself. How much do I, it's like the whole thing should a coach have to play the sport. Right. Right. Now, if I know you have, and you've been in the trenches and those, and the bags under your eyes are just from those trenches, right? When, some, when I'm giving somebody advice, I first always say, look, I'm like, look at my face. Can you see the pain in there somewhere? It's there. Look, look deep. Like, so this is wisdom because I always found that when generations battle each other in the workplace or in life, that one of the things is like, there's no respect young to old, but there's also no respect old to young. True. I said, the only thing we have is older people and it, our advantage other than being, I'm persistently sore now all the time, <laughs> but is, is that we have wisdom, which is time plus mistakes. Yeah. There's a value to those things. So if I know you were in the trenches of sales and you're talking to me like they're war stories, like it's your biography. I may listen to that when you say, you've got to do it this way, otherwise this will happen. So it's context. So a coach can be really loud and aggressive if you've got the resume that I respect for you to go with that. But also I would argue, do you think that same coach with the same resume could be more effective not screaming at everybody all the time? Right. Because they could be also successful despite that one thing, right? I think they might be more successful because of the system they implemented and the way they taught it and sure they yell and scream, but that's not what they do all the time. 
because you don't see them in practice. You don't see exactly. them in the in the trainer's room talking to one of their injured players and really concerned about it, or the coach that goes in and talks to the player that knows they have a kid who just got who was sick. Right? I give a damn about people who give a damn about me mm. and who give a damn about other people. Dude, man, that is right. And I just oh. and I don't think the endless pursuit of more is something that I enjoy. So that's yeah. not the leader I resonate with, but other people do. It's like in our, in the, you know, in our industry, yeah. you know how different in our industry and speaking world, right? Like I go up against other speakers, like, you know, coming down to an event, it's like, it's between you and you. And I'm like, how? They are so different than me. And yeah. what they talk about is so opposite. How can we be neck and neck for the ending here? Like, what is it? Right. I don't understand. Like, did your company, is it this way or is this way? Because <laughs> you know yeah. what? There's certain speakers out there that I don't want to be on the same bill as. God. Totally. Because they're so often what I talk about. And I'm like, how does that come down to that? I don't know. You, you know what? You know, I want to hit on two points before we start wrapping it up here. And I could literally talk to you for, for hours and hours if you had the time to Me do too. that. I could totally I talk to you do that. Well, we, we, we would do a Joe Rogan type of style here. But <laughs> but like even... Hour not, seven, we're going to go on to here now. Yeah. yeah you have would our, have... A little airstream somewhere. We're just keeping going. Yeah. It's like, we got we to gotta order food again. Our third <laughs> meal is coming in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tim Hortons coffee. Send it in. Yeah. Please, please, please. Canada shout out. There it is. Uh, it. Yeah, yeah. When I started out in the speaking world, like you gave me incredible advice. Like really, you were the person that I turned to. Like, how do I talk to these people on calls? Like, what should I say? Like, how do I? Yeah. And, and and you didn't have to do that as being one of the right. top speakers and in a, in an industry where like it is competitive. That, yeah. But you said, hey, I'm going to help you, even though you could possibly be competition. You. Yeah actually like cared about me and I will never forget that I can literally remember where I was when I sent you the message like hey how do I talk to this Nestle before I booked my first yeah. big keynote and you gave me the whole yeah, rundown really. sent me everything in the email which I still use to this day like that was one of those things that will have impact for life because you cared so much yeah. so day I wanted to give break. you that shout out they make day make day make or day break man yeah they make or day break when you message me yeah well, can I, I can either make it or break it today. Maybe. I can either make it or do it today. And one of the, I really, look, I'm trying to, honestly, I'm trying to, as much as, as, as I go on in this world and this life, I'm really trying to walk this talk. And part of that is I always say wasted wisdom is, is a bad thing. And I don't mean wisdom as in like, I have all the wisdom. I mean, it's time plus mistakes. Yeah. And I messed a lot of things up. So did a lot of people who came before me. And if I can go to you and just shorten that learning curve a bit, Dude. even a, even 10%, then you're 10% more ahead. And although, yes, it's competitive, I really don't view the industry as competitive for two reasons now. It's as transparent as I can be. One, I, 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 have, I have a very high confidence level on my skills. I really do. You're good. I, 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 um, I am really confident because I think in this industry you have to be. I don't, I think I, we talked about this when we first started talking, you can't walk out on the stage and say, well, you got the 29th best speaker who was in California <laughs> this week on talking about leadership. I want to walk out on that stage and say, you did good, right? You know yeah, what I mean? Like, I don't sure. want to be Aaron Rodgers and they didn't a couple of rounds go and have a chip in my shoulder. I want to walk out and say, you made the right choice. But I, I, don't, I don't have that arrogance or that confidence when it comes to other people in the industry because I really think there's enough to go around. And I think that about everything though, too. I really, I, I, this zero sum world great. of anything is, yeah. not, is not for me. Yep. It's not for either I win or you win and that's it. I don't believe about a ladder success. I, and as cheesy as it sounds, I believe in the elevator to success. I think we can all go up in the level. 
together. Because also in speaking and in professional speaking, there's all different ways of doing it. There's different yeah. facets. I have a very specific area of speaking that I deal with, which is paid keynotes at conferences, either for brands or associations. Like that's pretty much what I do and the only thing I do. I don't do consulting. I don't do spinoff. I don't do back of room sales. I don't do training, nothing. Mm-hmm. So I know where it is and I know who rotates it and who gets picked and who doesn't. And there's this, well, with COVID, you know, large indoor gatherings stopped. So that in, the industry was gone for certainly for a, a good chunk of time. But it's not a competitive industry because th- here's the thing. When the conference ends, they need a different speaker the next year. I'm, I don't know how to put this, but I'm not invited back. i'm not i'm not a return favorite to places because it's because there's so many of us and there's so many different types of speakers and skilled speakers like i joined vayner speakers as my bureau um and i joined them you know a year and a half ago and i am the dumbest person in the room and i love it there's 21 speakers on there and i am fascinated by every one of them and they're all different and they all have different skills and so they're they're not competition to me because a a brand says look this fits our event like go get it this is not the final four. This is not mm. the championship, right? You know, this is not the, my, my Raptors ring, my replica I'm wearing, you know, it's, it's, it's literally, it's a gig for me and it's a, I'm a performer and a storyteller and every gig I get. And I've changed since the pandemic, honestly, David, I've changed. My brain changed. It short circuited for a bit. It figured stuff out and looked at it and said, look, <laughs> I don't care anymore about getting 60 to 70 gigs. But we talked about it. Like this yeah. is, I do yeah. 60 or so a year. Yeah. That's why I feel like I'm top of the game. And now it's like, I'm going to do the gigs that come and the rest of the time I'm going to be at home. And I have such a privilege and a bit to be where I am in this industry that Alice and I just want to enjoy what the kids are doing now and their adult lives as they go and go celebrate it and, and maybe open a hobby farm or an animal rescue. And I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that's beautiful. And, and what that is that you have is, man, you have this presence about you that just is like contentment. I'm not saying you're complacent because you are no, content. content. Yeah, it's con- it's it's contentment over complacent, and you're continuing to grow. You're continuing to teach the, like the whole leadership thing. Like you have, man, make or break. Like I wish I would have came up with that concept. Like that's a book <laughs> in came, itself. I came up with that theory. 18 years ago, man. Day maker, day breaker for something <sighs> I had before. I just put it on the shelf because I because I used to be that I was work your life. Like 20 years ago was this whole work life, but not balance. Was actually trying to enjoy every day. I actually have a book. My first book was not on marketing. It was called TGIM. Thank goodness it's Monday. But I never published it. I never put it out. Because yeah. the on marketing blew up so much, I just went that direction. Yep. I've always been about you as individuals and as a whole that you can help each other and you can help yourself in, in those type of things. And Daymaker, Daybreaker was a huge part of that. So yeah, I know because I'm, I'm still salty about John Maxwell saying leadership is a <laughs> Like I know. So like I, I get the salt, man. I get it. I get it. And it's like, yes. and, and also you're two books in now you're, you're already catching up to us. So I, I, I actually came onto this um, podcast to tell you to slow down. Like, <laughs> stop, stop. You're catching up to us now. So, like so, easy now. Like, I thought you'd put out one book and then five years later, you're like, I'm thinking about the second one. You're just hey, all cylinders. By the way, as somebody who we've gotten to know each other and I had the honor of, of, you know, giving some advice that I had come up with is to see you flying with it. Thanks, man. That just warms my heart because, because a lot of times you pass down the screw-ups you did and people don't listen. Oh. You know what I mean? They're just like, yeah. cool, thanks for the talk. Or they, they just think it was cool to talk to somebody about who's in the industry and they just keep doing what they want. It's like consulting. It's one of the reasons I stopped consulting like 18 years ago. They pay you this money and you tell them to do it. They're like, thanks so much. And yeah. then six months later, they come back and they're like, it didn't work. I'm like, did you do it? They're like, no. Crazy, we didn't right? do anything you said, but it didn't work. 
and you do it and you run with the stuff. And so you're very easy to talk about with those things because it's a pleasure to do versus yeah. some people who ask for advice or help, or even like they go formally in mentorship. They don't know how to do that. Right. And you make me proud, man. You're just already blazing it. Ah, oh, dude, they, on the trail of where you're going. You're giving me goosebumps. Honestly, like, like one thing I know about myself is I'm coachable because I'm not yeah. that smart. Like I know I'm, not that good at this like compared to you i am not that, and if i can have take advice are you kidding me i would pay for advice you give it to trait. me free learn people learning to be coachable oh man it's such a huge value because it's it's because it's bettering what you're trying to do now it's i'm not saying i'm a good coach or a good advice i just give certain advice and things and what i say it's the ability to take what you've heard and turn it and you use it towards, because also maybe what, what if I give is not good advice? Well, then you shouldn't have to use it, right? I think feedback is worth where it came from a lot of times. And, but I'm also not one to say that unsolicited, unsolicited feedback is always a bad thing to get. I think they're good in the aggregate, but I'm also, like I said, narcissist and I'm, I'm arrogant about certain things and I'm trying to get better. I once had somebody come up to me thinking about being coachable. I had an audience member come up to me after event and he's like, I've seen you at four events and I recognize him because he'd always come up to me. It was very cool. And you start, you know, building fans and it's kind of weird sometimes because you're not expecting these things. And so he came up and he's like, I just wanted to ask you, and I have that famous Joshy story. Most of the start of my yeah. talks with Ritz Carlton. Yep. And, and he's like, why is the logo and Joshy really small on the screen? Like if you made it bigger, people could be able to see it. And my initial reaction was, thank you so much for the feedback. And I walked away. I'm like, I didn't ask for your feedback. I don't, what do you know? And then six months later, I'm sitting there with Allison. I'm like, I should make the logo bigger in the slide. <laughs> And so Allison's like, yeah, it's about six months. It takes you to absorb something and then actually listen to it. <laughs> and then you realize maybe I should start, you know, lessening that, 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 that fermentation time of these type of things. And I, I really think that, that it'll help you improve and you don't yeah. have to keep improving. It's up to you. I just think it benefits everybody totally, if man. you can keep improving on things of, of different people and places and, and actions you do. Man. And, and next time, that you come on, which I would love to do again. I want to go all in depth on how you are your authentic self. Like just like in mm -hmm. this conversation, there's something oozing out of you that when I'll shut this down, like it'll be like, I want more of that. I want to be like Scott. And that's uh, like, yeah. that's legacy, leaving the piece of you in other people that they want to be like you. And yeah. you have that, man. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I think honestly, I know we'll, we'll get into it on the next, on the next time. Yes, um, but it, for me, it's, it's, I'm also very lucky. And I think success in business is a combination of, of luck, timing, skill, and effort. And all four of them have to be firing on a different level. Sometimes it's all luck with a little bit of skill. And sometimes a lot of skill and <laughs> the timing finally happens. You know, somebody spots you in a gym somewhere and a scout just randomly walks in and they spot you. There's a luck part, but there's a lot of effort and skill to build sure, up to that point. For sure. And for me, I'm also very fortunate because the books, the stuff, everything is in how I think. And I'm lucky that train of thought resonates with people. I'm lucky that I can get on stage with tats and a beard and a man bun and yeah. jeans. Right. Um, but also I have a limit. And if nothing was happening, I would wear a full penguin outfit. I would wear a tuxedo on stage. I would shave my head if that meant I had to provide <laughs> for my family. You know sure, what I mean? Sure. So I'm very lucky to realize it as well in the yeah. middle of it to say, this is a privilege Dude, to be at this point on every level. I love it. I love it, man. Hey, how can we all follow you, support you, stalk you, all that good stuff? Um, I'd see. So um, I left uh, Facebook. I'm getting out of Twitter eventually. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm just next phase of my life. So cool. uh, unmarketing.com is the website. Um, 
And, and we changed that too. If you go to the front page, it's, it's all, it's like 23 statements of what we believe in. That's it. There's no picture of Allison and I, there's no, it's just simply, look, if these resonate with you, you've come to the right place. And if not, you can go to the next place. Mm. It's not going to happen. Um, LinkedIn is where I do most things. So pop on there anytime. Just Scott Stratton on LinkedIn. You can follow or connect. I'm there and, uh, or on a stage near you. Yeah. Or at a Raptors game. Which we need to hit up this year. Freaking Raptors game. Yeah. And, and anytime, dude. We're I'm getting back up there this year. I am coming back up there and we will do it. Done. We will do it. All right. Done, man. Last I question. I'm in the backyard for you to hang out with me in. Let's do it and hang out. Oh, I kind of want to hang down in that, uh, that cool basement that you have there. Okay, okay. dude. That's awesome. We're ready to go, yeah. man. I got the, we got the screen ready and the chairs Beautiful. and there's a poker table in the other corner. So. Beautiful. And a we the, we the North flag across half the basement. <laughs> Raptors are for life here, man. Raptors for life. I would figure so. Hey, last question. We're going to drop the mic. We're going to walk off here. It can be a one-word, two-word answer. If you were just going to give a piece of advice to somebody who is stuck in their current situation, felt like the world was weighing down on them, what, what, what would you mm. tell them to be able to make that pivot towards their breakthrough? Mm. Like how I did that there? See that? Trust, yeah. trust your gut. Mm. Boom. Always. Boom. Trust your, your gut, not, not my gut, your <laughs> Honestly, trust it. And there it is. Because it's there for a reason. We yeah. are built as humans because of that instinct. Good, and man. I trust it. If you think it's a time to go somewhere, go. It's time yeah. to start something. You want to start that thing? Start it. Trust that gut. I needed to hear that. I know so many people needed to hear that. Scott Stratton, you are amazing, man. Thank you so much for coming on and just dropping your wisdom your time plus uh, mistakes. Mutual. This is an absolute pleasure. As soon as I saw you promoting it, I'm like, when am I coming on? Again? You know, <laughs> I know, and I'm a, glad you did. It's always a pleasure because <laughs> Thanks, I brother. I don't do a lot of these, and the ones I do that I, you know, and especially when they're, they're friends, man, I'm in anytime. Thanks.